What is up, everyone, and welcome to Objectively Speaking. My name is Jeremy Paul. And I'm Laura Norman, and this is episode 14, game 14, the Columbus Blue Jackets versus the Carolina Hurricanes in a very exciting but also very complicated big W for the Columbus Blue Jackets. We have a lot to unpack. Hey, Laura, I have a question. Yes. What do you, me, and Patrick Laine have in common? Um, we didn't get to play hockey for the whole third period of the game. Yeah, yeah. None of us <laughs> played. None of us played hockey for the Columbus Blue Jackets during the third period of tonight's three to two win against the Carolina Hurricanes. And you all know for sure that Twitter is a cesspool, and we are here to bring the cesspool to your ears. You're welcome. I know you've been requesting it. Uh, much more on my game today as I am not busy um, filling a void of a, of a win last night uh, based on the official's absolute utter. I actually, did you end up reading the article on The Athletic? No, because you told me it was going to make me sad. I'm, we, might, we might wrap up by t- talking about it so that way like everybody else can hear it too. Um, so... So yeah, the Blue Jackets win three to two. Patrick Laine and Dean Kukin don't play in the third period at all, um, and don't play in the last six and a half minutes of the second period. Right, and then I also lost Gregorenko and Texier as well, but we're not really talking about them because they're not they're not Laine. Um, and so, so yeah, I mean, interesting, interesting night, Laura. It was. It was. It was very interesting. Um, there were some highlights though. I personally, now this is normal, this is kind of out of character for me, but I would, I would like to sing the praises of one Mr. Scott Harrington. Um, because that man was like, if they're going to allow me to play, I am playing and I'm going to show them that I can play. Are you not normally a fan of Scott Harrington? Um. Oh my God. Well, it's not that I'm not a fan. It's just that I'm kind of not, like, he's not really on my radar as far as, like, defensemen are considered. Like, you know, he didn't, I mean, he played last year, but, like, not a ton, and he wasn't, like, one of the people that, you know, we talked about a lot or anything of that nature, and, you know, he's just kind of there. But, you know... They gave him a chance, and my God, is that boy determined to keep yeah. chance. What an interesting goal he had. Very interesting. I mean, I'm glad that we are getting a goal like that. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like so often we are the ones that don't get those goals, and those are the ones that we get scored on. Yes. So that was nice. Yeah, it was, it was nice to be on the other side of a dirty goal like that. Um, and I think that that was a good – energy boost um because the first what was that scored at at like three minutes left in the period yeah there wasn't a ton of time left in the period so it was nice to carry that into the second yeah because it was a lot of like the first 15 minutes of the first period was just I mean the energy was there still pretty disjointed you know we were just doing everything that we could to sort of we were better in the first period with actually taking shots on net that was that was good 
some positives. Still not a lot of them, but granted, Carolina didn't have a lot of shots on goal during the first period either. So, like, we'll take that as a positive. Um, and But it was nice to have that, like, and they held on to it. Like, going into the second period actually being ahead was, like, a nice change of pace. Um, and so, yeah, I just – I was – really happy to see Harrington just like out there and getting a goal. He played over 20 minutes this game, which is awesome. Um, I mean, he kind of had to after you sit a defenseman um, for 26 minutes. Um, And so we only had five to rotate through, but you know, it's fine. We'll talk about that. Um, and then, and then my boy, my boy got another goal. He did, and, and what a good one, too. It was such a good goal. Um, I mean, I truly, like, was not anticipating. For one, for that to be a penalty shot was actually a little bit surprising to me, just knowing that, you know, the rule is a player has to establish, you know, momentum on a breakaway. Mm-hmm. I, I just – I don't know that he had entirely done that, but listen, if we could give up every single power play that we have and replace it with the chance at a penalty shot, I would for sure go all or nothing every time. Like I would knowing full well that no matter what happens, like you're still going to be on the penalty kill for almost a whole two minutes. Like I don't even give a damn, like let's mm-hmm. do it. Like sign me up. Where do I petition the league? Um, it's just, it's fascinating, but. Well, and it was funny. I, I don't know if you heard this in the, in the post game or not, but Cam actually went up to the ref afterwards and asked him why he got a penalty shot. I missed that. That's so funny. Yeah, he was like, he was telling um, Dave Metzold, he was like, it was either Dave Metzold or Jody. I don't remember. One of the two after um, the game. And he was just like, yeah, I uh, went up to the ref after I got the goal and was just kind of like, are you sure I was supposed to get a penalty shot? I mean, you know, and <laughs> Jean-Luc Grandpierre was like, if someone gives you a penalty shot, you just take it and you don't ask any questions. Like, you take it and you walk away. Um, so, no, it was great. And it was a very Cam-style goal. He got to do his sort of signature move where he confuses the goalie and then sneaks it in behind him. Um and you could just tell that he was just so happy um, to get an opportunity. And, you know, it was a huge boost in the second period to put them up to one. Um, but then, then we get to yet another goal that Carolina scores that turns into a lot of drama for the Columbus Blue Jackets. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, so essentially what happens is, you know, the uh, the forward, uh, McGinn, I think, I'm like, that's the part about this whole thing that, like, I'm going to hate is, like, actually beginning to, I think I've said this on a previous podcast, like, I start to know these people's names, because when you play them, like, two games in a row, like, it gives you the chance to hear the names over and over again. It's, it's kind of like why you start to hate people during a playoff series, because you play them at least four times, and it's, like, night in, night out, I'm hearing about Braden Point, and I'm like, I want to fight Braden Point, like, I just want to, like, That's why I hate Austin Matthews. That's what I'm saying, right? Like, I want to get into a physical altercation with you for no reason. You're probably a stand-up human. Um, Meh. Braden points on my fantasy team, so I'm going to stop talking. Oh, my God, we're playing each other in fantasy this week. 
Oh no, Ajo's on my fantasy team. I whooped ass last week. Did you see that? I, I whooped ass. I have lost every single week that we've been playing fantasy. You're so. beating me right now. Wow, that's impressive. I've had so many people that are like, actually, we're not going to play hockey. Because of the, you know, pandemic. Oh my god, I never start my goalie because he usually sucks and he scored nine points. Okay. Anyway. Anyway, back, back on to topic. the Patrick second Line, Carolina goal. Yeah, Patrick Line gets benched because a forward McGinn. Brock McGinn, is that his name? I don't know. Um, I know his last name is McGinn. I have no I, idea what his first name is. I'm just going to say it is. So Brock comes over, like, totally undefended, like, in the slot, like, skates into the open ice and in the in the way that the blue jackets and i don't even pretend to get it like i don't pretend to like know how plays exactly work Mm -hmm. and i'll be the first one to admit that like that's part of the game of hockey that i'm trying to become a better like student of is like understanding like different strategies and understanding different like setups and stuff but in that setup in that you know um situation patrick line is supposed to come and cover mcginn to make sure that mcginn can't just get an un contested shot on to Corpusalo, but that's exactly what happens is and he fires it into a half empty net because Corpusalo is busy playing the playing the right side of the ice. And so so yeah, that's not good. Um and then Patrick Kleiner doesn't play another minute of this game and in his post game, you know, interview, of course, like obviously like people are gonna be asking Tortorella all about it, as they should. I mean it's their job. And, you know, he says along the lines of, you know, I'm going to keep it in-house. Like, it's not just one thing. It's not just one defensive breakdown that makes me make a decision like that. Um, you know, there's a myriad of things that go into my decision, and that stuff's going to stay in the locker room. And, you know, I have no reason to believe that that, that doesn't actually, like, get talked about in the locker room and that they don't actually have those conversations. So that doesn't bother me too much. Um, but, yeah, I think that that is interesting. And, and I, I don't know. Did you see uh, – <laughs> there's some – Twitter drama going on right now as I'm like pulling it up I usually have Twitter up side by side so that way I can pull from people if I want to like as we're recording Mm -hmm. there's some Twitter drama going on right now because um everyone wants towards to be fired well yes but Cam had a um comment after the game that was like he'll be the first like about line a that was like he'll be the first one to tell you that he could be better um and like he'll come out and he'll have a really great game the next game and so one of the guys who does like the drive time radio show for the for 97.1 the fan and they usually are not really the best at talking about the blue jackets like their takes are usually pretty shit mm-hmm. but one of the guys tweeted imagine being cam atkinson and having anything to say about patrick line <laughs> and cam liked it <laughs> and so like um so i just saw that on my timeline and i thought that was funny but um I kind of want to throw hands a little bit. I knew that that would get you going. Um, but yeah, so Cam is Cam is in the search bar tonight. <laughs> he's not in the R bar, baby. He's in the search bar. And and then he followed it up by saying, "Happy to be the coward to Cam's Baker if that's what gets him going." I guess <laughs> like because there's a ESPN guy who always well he doesn't work for ESPN anymore, but I think he works with Fox Sports. Um, who always who always shits on Baker Mayfield and so like Baker mm. Mayfield. <laughs> There's a tweet here by fake John Tortorella that says, whoops, forgot to play Patrick. Oh, well, that's so funny. It, 
every, I mean, obviously we somewhat do this on this podcast and by somewhat, I mean, we do, you know, everyone thinks that they can be a better coach than the, the man who's actually paid to coach the team. And yeah, in very true torch fashion, we're not going to know why a hundred percent, why he does what he does. Like that's not his style. He's not one to break it down with the press. He's not, you know, he makes decisions the way he makes decisions. And, you know, I kind of wondered in the beginning of him sitting line A, if it didn't have something to do with how Carolina was defending against line A and he was tired of having to overcorrect with that and like just took him out so that he stopped being a distraction. Not saying that that is what happened or that that's like a wise thing to do, but they did, I mean, multiple players and the analysts all talked about how Carolina was going to defend against line A differently. And they definitely were, I mean, they were on him like white on rice. And so it, that's a factor. I also, it again this is what his third third game with us this was four four so fourth game he didn't play for multiple weeks before he came to us he's coming off an injury he's had two maybe three practices with the team um from what I can tell based on like things that I've read and just listening to the other analysts is the way that he was taught to play in Winnipeg is different than how we play here in Columbus. Um, I also think, and we've, you know, talked about this before as a strength of our team, but can be harder for others is the understanding that we play as a team that we don't play around a certain player. Like, we're not the, you know, we're not the Supremes to the lead singer. You know what I mean? Like, we play as a team. And that's what, that's exactly what Torts said tonight. He's like, my main responsibility is to get this team to play as a team not as a singular unit, you know, surrounding one guy. And so I think, not that it's like an, I don't think it's an attitude related thing. I think it's more of like a, an ingrained practice in, in line A that just needs to be worked through. And when you're in the middle of a game, one that you really need to win, like we really needed to win today that's too much of a distraction and too much of a liability to try and coach that out of a person in the middle of a game. And yes, of course, everyone's going to make a big deal about it because it's Patrick Laine, because he is, you know, everyone in the sports world and all of these fired up fans want, you know, are like, well, he's our savior. He's going to save the Blue Jackets you know, again, we've said it before, we cannot think of him that way because it's not going to work that way here. 
whether Torts is coach or not, it's not going to work that way here. And, you know, I'm sure, I don't know. I don't know. I just know that it's not like, I don't know if I agree or disagree with the decision. Because I don't want to argue with a win because I think that is bad luck. I do. I do. I don't, I don't like to argue against wins because this team, every single win, whether we deserved it or not, is a win that we need. So like, I don't want to, I don't want to fight against them, but it's also like, I don't like necessarily, and I didn't like this with PL either. Like, I don't like the, the singular focus on how one player affects the entire team because it overshadows everything else good that's happening. Um, and there's not a whole lot of good. So we need to focus on, on what little good is happening. And yeah, I don't know. I'm not towards, and I've been rambling. So like, I need you to (laughs) interject in this. Girl, I was trying, but it's okay. Um, I think, (laughs) well, you can wave at me. I can see you. (laughs) (laughs) I think I'll just raise my hand on Zoom. Um, I think, I think that that's where like I am struggling right now because like I hear you on this idea of like, um, you know, you play as a team, and if if one person like whether that's Patrick Line or whether that's you know Riley Nash isn't contributing, that you need to like do this kind of thing and that one person can't be the decider but like the way it's presently the way that it is presently made up I I don't know how much of that can be true like I don't know how much it can be a everybody's here and everybody here is equal and we're all gonna chip in the same like it has to be a blend of the two, right? Like, and I don't think it's impossible to, um, you know, find that balance of star player team environment. Like it, it, plenty of folks have found that balance and plenty of folks will continue to find that balance. I think, and Kelly texted me about this and I love that we just refer to Kelly on this podcast as Kelly. Like we don't reference her. We just say Kelly. Hi Kelly. I know she'll (laughs) listen. Um, Hey girl. Yeah, right. She was like, I just like don't think John Tortorella likes coaching stars. Like I don't think he know like I don't think he's good at it. Like I don't think he is able to allow for a star to be a star. Like I think that he struggles with that. And I think what what this boils down to, right, is it's an inflection point at some point. Like it's not today, like and it's not tomorrow, but it's an inflection point for this franchise where it's like, all right, now moving forward, like do you continue to like be okay with this idea of it can't be one guy like it can't be because that's been very true over the course of many years I mean like look at last year when you literally couldn't rely on any one guy because chances were he was going to break his fucking leg and be out for six (laughs) months the next next game if you started to rely on him and so then you were calling up somebody you know from you know Jacksonville which is the ECHL affiliate of the Columbus Blue Jackets like you're calling somebody up from there because everybody's fucking broken um so you had to play that way and you couldn't afford to have like any one person like being the man or whatever but it's 
I think we're at an inflection point where like that might be the direction that the team's going though, right? Like, I mean, it, it's going in a direction where like if you want to be good in this league, for the most part, you're going to have to have like some star power. Like you're going to have to. And if you can't coach that star power, like maybe you've got to take some time to reevaluate your techniques. You got to take some time to, to step away, grow and learn. Or maybe it's just like, it's not the league that you coached in before and it might not be the league you want to continue coaching in. And that's fair too. But I don't know when this comes to a head, right? If the conversation for the health of the franchise is, do we allow for this same kind of vibe to happen, which it could. Like, I think Yarmo Kekalainen is, is the hugest fan of John Tortorella, like the same way that you and I are. Like, I think you and I are both really staunch advocates. But the realist in me is like, if this comes down to Patrick Laine or John Tortorella, then I don't think that that's where we're at. So like, I'm not trying to be dramatic, but like right. when we look at if that's how he's going to treat Patrick Laine, like, is that just going to drive a wedge so deep into this situation that like, it's not going to be good. And it's, it might be another two year thing. Like, I'm sure these are the things that Yarmo has running through his brain and maybe we're reading too much into it, but like, that would be the only thing I could think about if I were him. Right. I don't, you know, I don't disagree with you either. I don't, you know, I don't know if it's, if it's as deep as that torts can't, doesn't know how to coach a star because of the different teams that he's coached outside of Columbus and the success that he's had with those teams. Um, yes, the league has, has changed and the style of play has changed. I think what's, what is more so the issue is timing. I think that a lot of because this is a shorter season, because of the situation that we're in as a world um, and just the expectations of everyone who's not inside that locker room, you know, they, the expectation is that things can change and happen and occur overnight. And that's just not not possible. I mean, if you're actually paying attention to what's been going on as far as like what Torts has said about our style of play and what his what his um, intentions were at the start of the season and he was very specific in saying that he wanted to switch our style of play from being more offensive or no from being more defensive to more offensive. Um, and that's a complete 180 from style of play and having a team that has mostly been together for the last three or four years with the exception of a handful of people, that's a big change to ask them to do that and to ask them to do it without a full training camp, without any exhibition games and without regular practices. So you're asking a team to change their entire identity. A necessary change. I'm not saying it's not a necessary change. We need to score more goals. We are an incredibly low scoring team. And you cannot survive in this league and you cannot progress in this league being a low scoring team. So this, in my opinion, was a necessary change. However, it is not a change that is going to go as quickly as it would if we were under normal circumstances. 
So I don't think it's a matter of that we couldn't change to a team that had more star power because we do, we do, we do need, we need star power as a team. We need star power as a franchise and star power as a brand for the Columbus Blue Jackets. We've talked about this before. We've talked before line A got traded here. We talked about it with Elvis when we're going to have to start making decisions about goaltenders. Elvis is a brand. Elvis is, you know, he's an entity. He's a, he's a style of play. He's a vibe. Like he's someone that you market for a team and other teams have that, you know, other teams have their like dynamic player that they talk about and that, you know, is when you hear the team name, that's who you think of. I'm not a hundred percent sure who people think of when someone says the Columbus Blue Jackets. It's Patrick Line. Well now, yes, but yeah. like before that. I think before that it was Seth Jones. Like I yes. and and that's the thing though, like to your point about evolving, I agree that it's a necessary change to evolve. My question is has has John Tortorella evolved into that role? Like, has he, like, been playing – has he been coaching the team as if that's what he wants to shift them toward? Because, to me, like, sitting a, sitting your leading goal scorer, you know, for the last 25 minutes of a game, like, that doesn't tell me that you want to score more. Like, when, when, the, when the conversation and the thought is – Oh, we're going to be this team that's going to be able to allow some little bit, like a little bend, but don't break in in the defensive zone because we have faith in our goaltenders. We recognize like that Patrick Line is not going to give you defensive excellence. Like that's not what he was advertised to do, and that's not what he's going to do, and and that's okay because again, like if the style of play and if the identity you're trying to establish is that you want to allow for that bend but don't break attitude defensively but you want to shore up your your offensive firepower Patrick Line is who has to be on the ice and so that tells me a few things it either either it either tells me that John Tortorella isn't does not think that this team is that like and can score that John Tortorella doesn't have faith in his goaltenders does not have faith in Jonas Corpusalo or Elvis Merzlikens or that John Tortorella is isn't sure of how to coach a team to that identity. I mean, like the identity that we've, we've talked about over the last few years is like very John Tortorella identity hockey. Like he's being, he's asking himself to also transition into this new style of play. And I don't know if he's doing it. And I think that that's, what's tricky about it is it's um, you know, how do you manage that? Like, cause I, I think throwing everything into the blender that the way we have over the course of the start of the season, like nothing is staying you know, nothing is stagnant, like nothing, nothing is sticking. And it's like, there's no chance to develop chemistry. It feels like we're throwing whatever we can at the wall and whatever sticks we'll let stick. That's where I'm struggling. Like, I don't, I don't think this team is the same team it was last year. It is nowhere near the same team that it was last year. I mean, you look at it, you're talking about a top line uh, of, you know, Jack Roslovic, Patrick Line, well, I guess not Patrick Line, um, And, you know, but then you're looking down the line too. You're talking about guys like Alexander Texier, who was out for over half of the season last year with a, like a messed up back. You're talking about uh, 
Dean Kukin having a bigger role and he's playing more defensively. You're talking about, um, you know, Michael Delzato being new into the fold. You're talking about Vladislav Gavrikov playing his second full NHL season. So, like, it's not like he's, like, a veteran by any means of the word. So, he's still establishing his game. You know, you look at forwards such as Mikhail Gregorenko. You look at Liam Foody, who wasn't a mainstay. You look at Kevin Stenlin, who wasn't a mainstay, unless people were injured. I mean, this is not the same team. It is nowhere near the same team. So, for us to, like – like, it, it needs to shift, and it needs to be – the identity needs to shift. It's just, like, we got to buy in. And we got to like let it happen. We got to actually coach and play the way that we say we're going to coach and play. And that's what's frustrating for me is like, I feel like we're not like, I feel like we're saying we're going to do one thing. We don't do it. And then it's the same thing. Like, right. It's like a, it's like a, you know, you expect a certain style of hockey. It's a certain thing. I'm like, well, actually like, can you tell us what that is? Because I think I'm, I'm like, yes, work hard, but like, I like work hard. What the fuck was David Savard doing yesterday? But David Savard was playing? Like, give me a break. Like, instead, we're going to cut the bench down to nine guys tonight, uh, like nine forwards and, and five defensemen. Like, we're going to play 14 guys in the last two, like, period and a half. <laughs> like, like Carolina literally came into the game with 11 forwards because they had salary cap issues and they couldn't move somebody up from injured re- or from their team, from their taxi squad to be able to play because they have so many guys on IR and they can't put them on long-term IR whole fascinating moment about that they literally played with one less man and yet we were we we let them have that advantage like we let them have fresher legs like are you like really like and nobody was hurt like that that, that's my rant I that's where I'm frustrated because it's just like it didn't seem like it was anything more than a flex it didn't seem like it was a move to try to win the game and we win the game and that's fine but it felt like a whose dick was bigger contest to me and Nobody really won or lost it because we ended up winning the game, but that that's kind of what it read as to me tonight is just being so committed to a brand of hockey that you're so dedicated to trying to change this year that you that you sit the leading goal scorer on this team. Yeah, I mean, ob- like obviously I understand where you're coming from. You are also more versed in this kind of stuff than I am um but it's just there's just so many and again I will never under like I will never know what goes through John Tortorella's head um or half of the stuff that goes through any of our coaches heads when they're making these sorts of game time decisions um but yeah, I mean, I, I'm not going to, I can't disagree with you that I think that, you know, as, as a, as a franchise, as a whole, we're wanting to make this transition to a different style of play, but not everyone's on board, including the coaching staff. And, you know, again, I, I'll go back to my, my statement of timing of like, we haven't had the opportunity for even the coaching staff to figure out how they're going to truly transition into this um, or that this was going to need, you know, because some of the things that we've gone through in just this very short amount of time, I don't think when they were preparing to start this season that they had all anticipated. And you know, I sort of, I, I circle back to the comment you made about him having 
confidence in our goaltending and just this specific game, I would have been thinking, well, crap, like we need to do whatever we can to protect Corpy. And if someone's not doing that and if someone's leaving him vulnerable, we don't really have a solid backup plan. Yes, we have another person who can be who can be a goalie if we need to, but we don't know anything about this guy. Torts has probably never seen him really play. And when we're at a point in time where it's like you we have to win games and we had to win tonight. Like I'm thinking of it as as from just a single game standpoint. And again, not that I not that I agree to keeping Line out or Kukin out for that whole because Kukin was out the whole time too. But of course nobody nobody wants to talk about that because he's not Patrick Line. Um, you know. My initial thought process would be the only way we're staying in this game is if Corpy can stay as sharp as as necessary and if people are defending in front of him. And if people aren't doing that, then they can't, they're not playing. Like, in my mind, sit them, sit them for the rest of the second period, go back into the locker room have a conversation about it, go over like what the expectation is. And maybe this is what happened. And maybe there was some sort of altercation in the locker room um, or some fundamental communication issue between what the expectation was or how play was supposed to go. And that's why players continued to be benched for all of the third period. But, you know, in my mind, if you're taking it one game at a time, which I think towards kind of is, I mean, that's always been his mentality. He doesn't really think ahead to things. He always says that he doesn't, you know, and they don't watch a lot of, they don't, I think, watch any tape of other teams. Um, my my sole thought would be protect Corpy at all costs. He's our only goalie right now. We can't play with this other kid, really. My amount of nerves to think of that guy playing a whole game for us, like, unless he's – wasn't it Jordan Bennington? Who's the goalie for St. Louis? No, it's good. Jordan Bennington, yeah. Yes, who, like – was this miracle that they pulled up and blah, blah, blah. And even that doesn't really mirror this situation because, like, realistically what's happening is he got called up, this Cam Johnson guy, because, in my opinion, like, this, like, the league, like, or not the league, the team doesn't really see him in their future, right? And so they don't really care about developing him. Like, they just need him in just in case, like a situation like you're talking about. The real – I mean, Vinny Vevelainen is somebody who's in the pipeline who would be more of, like, a Jordan Bennington type, like, as you're describing, like, somebody who's actually, like, in the system and, like, probably worth their salt. Um, and, I mean, that would be what I would say about Matisse Kivlenix, too. Like, that would also be, like, a Bennington-type player. And I know he's hurt right now, so that doesn't really, you know, matter. Right. But, but yeah, so all of that but, to say. But, yeah, so to make a very long, complicated story short, like – 
I don't agree or disagree with you. I don't agree or disagree with torts either. Like, it's just, you know, we keep, we keep having these games that are just like so dramatic and it just makes me want more and more, like makes me miss more and more the days of cohesion and the days of like, I think about, <laughs> I think about New Year's last year until like, well, literally New Year's until the All-Star break last year. That was just, even with all of the injuries and like all of, you know, whatever happening before the world fell apart, um, we were just doing so well, you know, we were playing so well as a team and just, you know, really just <laughs> finding a way. Um, it just makes me miss that. But then again, that's like, it's, it's yearning for things before everything else in this gigantic mess of the last 11 months, you know, has occurred. But it's, it's just tough. It's tough to have all of this surrounding, because we haven't even, we haven't even talked about it, but Jack Rosovic game-winning goal was so beautiful and just such an amazing, like, Blue Jackets moment that just completely gets overshadowed by this situation. Right. And because, you know, no one, I mean, few moments here and there on social media, but like, no one's really talking about that. And no one's talking about, you know, how, again, how he is, uh, obviously, the caliber is not the same, but like, also, hello, sorry, my computer is making lots of fun noises. Um, it's, you know, he's, he's added so much more value and it seems like every time something great happens, he gets overshadowed by some sort of drama situation. Or I also just feel like he just gets referred to as like the little puppy that like followed Patrick Laine here from Winnipeg sometimes. Um, and I don't want him to be seen like that because I think you know, he's done so, so well, and it just doesn't seem fair. Um, but yeah, if, if listeners, if you didn't see his goal, go watch it. It was so beautiful. It's stupid good. And just, if that doesn't make, like, multiple highlight reels, I will be astonished. And even if you just watch it to see the, the reaction on his face of like his pure, oh my God, look what I just did. Um, and that's, that's something we should be celebrating. And I hope that all this drama can just, you know, weave its way out of our situation soon so we can get back to like enjoying the good points in games but yeah that's my again I'm ranting no you're good I mean I I hear you I like that goal is crazy and when he like waves ever like waves the guys over he's like no you're gonna fucking celebrate this goal I mean that was pretty dope 
that was that was fun. I yeah, I mean, I, I he is infectious. Like he watching him play, and knowing how much he wants to be there, and just seeing the way that he's playing. I mean, like, like if he keeps it up, right? I mean, like he's not going to be the flashiest guy, but he might be a second line center or more like for this team. And that might be partially because we don't have much more down the middle, like that I would consider to be better right now, other than potentially Max Domi when he finally finds his legs. But yeah, I mean like that, those are your top two centers in my head. Like as you move forward, like in the next year, like it, it's Max Domi and it's Jack Russell, because Jack has been outstanding. Well, and he brings, he brings such a light and an energy to whomever he plays with. I did really like him with Line A and Cam tonight. I think that that is, a, it was a good line leading up to Line A getting benched. Um, you know, but I've liked, I've liked Jack with basically every line that he's played on um, because he just, he adapts. And that's the important part. Like in a situation that we're in right now where we're trying to figure out what the best combination is for lines, you need players that can adapt to whatever line they're thrown onto. Um, you know, because that's just the situation that we're in. And he reminds me a lot of Boone in that way. Like his Boone, I never worry ever about what line Boone is on because he just goes and he plays and he brings his same level of energy to whatever combination he's part of. And like, I see a lot of that in Jack. I think Jack has like a sort of a higher energy than Boone. He's also fast. And so to watch him speed around is, is such a fun thing. Um, but yeah, he's gonna, he has a bright future with us, I think. And you know, that's a really big thing to say in only seven games that he's been with us. Um, but, yeah, it's just – there are bright spots. And I, I just – as a emotional person, <laughs> I hate seeing the bright spots get clouded over by just the insanity that continues to follow us around. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I think all in all um, – there are positives and I think that there are things to grow from this. And I think Cam is right in his comment about, about line a and that he will be better when he comes, when he uh, plays, um, you know, on what, when's the next game? When are we recording next Miss girl? Thursday. Thursday. Get excited folks. We are going to be doing our first cross country episode potentially then. Yeah, because you, <laughs> Jeremy's going to be traveling on Thursday. <laughs> um, so yeah, it'll, be, it'll be interesting. Um, Have a good time. We are in Chicago on Thursday um, to, to face the Blackhawks again. Um, and it's going to be interesting. I mean, you know, it's, it'll just, I'm glad that they get two days off. Um, they'll get another full practice before they leave to go to Chicago. Um, I hope that there's a little bit more of a general understanding 
of what needs to happen when we go to Chicago um, because we have to stop splitting these two game series. Like, I'm not saying that obviously we're not, it's not going to happen every single time, but we have, we have to get through a series where we win both of them. Like we just have to. Um, so yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. And I'm kind of nervous. About Chicago or about us recording? Separately. Um, <laughs> Well, I mean, always that part, but kind of about Chicago. I mean, and I, I think it's just like mild PTSD from us already playing Chicago and how that two games went, where we went into it being like, oh, okay, this is where we're going to bounce back. And then it was like, oh, God, no. Like, this, what? Like, and it just was, you know, this roller coaster of, emotions and you know Chicago has a couple players coming back onto their team that were um I think one was injured and one was on COVID protocol um that are now going to be playing and I'm like oh no like <laughs> I don't you know it's just one of those things where I'm just I'm nervous I'm nervous at the sort of fragile state that we're in um and I just don't, I just don't want to go and lose two nights in a row in Chicago. Um, yeah, that'd be all bad. And it just, it would be a morale suck. And it just makes me nervous again, traveling with Jess Corpy. Because I don't think either Kiv Lennox or Elvis are coming off IR before Chicago. Um, and Chicago is who injured Corpy last year. So I have like weird superstitions flowing through my brain. Um, but yeah, so it's just, it's just interesting. It's very, there's just been a lot of weird stuff that's happened and it's only Monday. It's only Monday and there's been a lot of weird shit. Well, let's hope it doesn't get any more weird, Miss Girl. But that's true. I do, there is another little cute, I, I mean, we might as well start, start calling it Cam Corner. Um, a, little, a little Cam milestone. Um, he is now officially tied with Rick Nash for the most shorthanded goals of all time for the Columbus Blue Jackets at 14. Um, so one more and he surpasses Rick Nash. Um, so yeah, that's exciting. I was, I was happy for him. Yeah, without a doubt. If you, if the longer he's there, the more, the more of those he'll rack up. And I'm sure, you know, every once in a while, Rick's like, can you leave me with one record? Just like oh, one. Rick will have goals. I don't think anybody's going to catch him on goals. Well, I mean, if Cam lives out his dream, maybe. I think, I think Rick had like four. 298. 298? Yeah. Is that it? Uh-huh. Maybe I'm thinking about points. There's one of his that he's just like not going to touch. 
I'm goals. I'm fairly certain is two ninety eight. Not that you're keeping track or anything to make sure that Cam gets there. I mean, he is my. Hold on, now I gotta look it up. For all curious, Jeremy is looking it up. So. Yeah. Correct. I'm just curious. Okay, wait. Now points I can understand, but like. Oh, you were right. Well, you were wrong, but you were right on the numbers. It, he has two eighty nine. Okay. This is the yeah points is what I'm thinking about. Rick Nash has five hundred and forty seven points, and Cam mm-hmm. has three hundred and seventy four. So it's like one seventy. Yeah. I, I don't see that one. I don't think he'll surpass him in points, but I can see him if he you know seeing how things go, but like I could see him surpassing his goals. Interesting. David Savard's only like one thousand minutes away from tying Rick Nash for most time on ice. Oh. Which makes sense. Defenseman play more and David Savard's been here for forever. David Savard hasn't scored a goal since the two thousand nineteen playoffs. <laughs> It's so sad. Yeah, I know. I just want one for him. That's all. Yeah, that's fair. I would love for... I want to say I would love for everyone on the team to score a goal this year, but I understand the rarity of goalies scoring goals. Um, But I would like every forward and defenseman to score a goal over the course of this of this shortened 56 game season you and me both but all right friend well anything to wrap up before we take this show on the road and record in kansas <laughs> well you'll be in kansas right, right. While. um no just like listeners i hope you enjoyed our rambling on and on about the somewhat disaster that is the columbus blue jackets this one's gonna be long i think Oh, yeah, it's definitely going to be long. Um, But no, just if you stuck through it, thank you. I appreciate you. Um, Follow us on social media. We're at ObjectivelyPod on Twitter and Instagram. Officially hit 130 Twitter followers today. Woo-woo! So excited. Um, Although we definitely follow somebody who is talking mad shit. Did you see that? We follow a Carolina Hurricanes fan account, and they're talking mad shit. It's because they follow us too. Like we're team follow back, which is kind of Dutch to our detriment sometimes. But they're talking, they're talking mad shit. Hold on, I gotta go find this tweet real quick before we close out because that pissed me off. I said, I said, oh my god, why are we following this? And then I was like, oh, okay, they follow us first, so I don't feel as salty about it. But I was like, are you joking? This is also not the first time, and we won't go into it. But not the first time <laughs> our follow back situation has come back to bite us um in one way shape or form um but yeah while he's looking that up rate review and subscribe to whatever uh to us on whatever podcast platform that you were listening to us on um no brag but we do have five five star review five stars on um apple Podcasts. so if you want to make that number six or Hell number seven. Um, that maybe would be even cool. ten. Maybe even ten. 
maybe even 10. My birthday's coming up. If we could get, if we could get to 10 by my birthday, which is March 2nd, that would be awesome. But yeah, and just, just interact. Honestly, just let us know if you're listening. Um, even if it's just like a hi, we're here sort of situation. We do love saying hello. Yes. Did you find the tweet? Yeah, she basically, and I'm, I am assuming gender, so I should not do that. They basically said, um, oh, what is it? Thought the Canes were pretty good tonight. Makeup call or not, we can't be dropping games to shit teams like Columbus and Chicago. We follow this person. Do you want? Should we make a call right here on the pod right now to unfollow this person? Yes. Okay. Unfollowed. Glock McGinn. So I think it was Brock. I'm assuming it's Brock if if their name is Glock McGinn. <laughs> oh. So. Yeah, no, need that negativity. Nowhere. Now we have 129 Twitter followers. We have 130 still because we didn't block them. So they still follow us. They will unfollow us. So if you want to be our 130th follower, let us know. Yeah, if you haven't already. Hit us up. You're following us. Or we do. Right. Yeah, I know. We followed everybody who had CBJ in their bio, and that's probably going to continue. It's what I do in my lunch break. So (laughs) I love it. Oh man. Well, y'all, thank you so much for sticking around for this one. A long one, but we enjoyed it. Hopefully you did too. Enjoy a a couple days break from Laura and I and the Columbus Blue Jackets. And we will talk to you all after the Chicago win. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Everyone take care and stay well. Bye.